You're listening to the Oh Come On Sports Podcast with me, Natasha Sanishevsky. Hello, everybody. Welcome. Come on in to the Oh Come On Sports Podcast. Natasha and Al with you here on this fine Friday morning. How's it going? It is good. It is the Friday before a long weekend, which always gives you a special feeling, doesn't it? Right? Canadian Thanksgiving. Shout out to uh, Canadian Thanksgiving. It's uh, but yeah, the Friday before a long weekend, even you know, when being in grade school, high school, working, everything always gives you a real kind of you know fuzzy feeling that friday afternoon before a long weekend so i am excellent and how uh, and how are you do you have plans for the uh Thanksgiving weekend i'm good yeah i um actually as soon as we wrap up this podcast i'm packing up the car and i'm driving to edmonton to see my family nice. so yeah looking forward to that um it'll be nice to get away for a couple of days i woke up in a bit of a foul mood this morning i'm not gonna lie because the guys above me or i'm assuming they're guys <laughs> Okay. Holding some sort of sporting event um, last night at 3 a.m. above my room for like three hours. I don't know what was going on, Al. It sounded like a bowling alley or a basketball court or there was something going on. They were so loud. And there's nothing I can do about it. What do you do? Well, okay. Well, okay. That's that's the natural question is what are you because there are different reactions for different types of people, I think. Right. I mean, there are some that are going to go up there and on the door. Yes. Uh, and there are some that are going to just frown at them from afar and be really Canadian and say, I don't like those guys, but not. you know, so, so what, what is your, what was your method of, uh, so method of dealing with it? I am not against going up to a door knocking and, and getting in there a little bit. However, I figured. the way my building works is you can't get onto a floor unless you have the fob. So there's no oh, way I can actually okay. go up there. And to be honest, was I really going to go up there at 4am and confront a bunch of like I said, I'm assuming they're guys Potentially, were yelling. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so I ended up doing the old Monica. Do you ever, I don't know if you watch Friends. There's 100%. 100%. You get the broom and they're like hanging on the ceiling. And I don't know if you could even hear me. because It's a concrete building. But I'm like, if I can hear them, then maybe can they can hear me in my stupid broom. So I did that a few times. I don't know if it works. But by the time 4.30 rolled around, they shut it down. Anyways, I had... Very little sleep last night, and I'm annoyed at those people. Well, that is that, that is. I mean, that's a justifiably foul mood because that that would be very irritating. Um, so, so is your building? Is it is it a young party building? Is it an older? No, is it, it's not. No. Eh? Okay, I've barely heard of Pete from them before. Like maybe once I did. So it was very bizarre. It was very okay. unusual. Maybe somebody new moved in. I don't know. But if it becomes a a, a a regular thing we're gonna have a problem because you can't really like i'm not gonna call 911 and report them to the police like that's not don't be work. that person yeah don't no. be that person <laughs> don't worry i'm not that person okay good put a phone number for like mid-level issues yes yeah. 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 <laughs> I just had to get that maybe, you know, maybe they were celebrating some of the some of the great sports that were on last night, uh, right? We had a good Thursday night football game on, we had baseball games on, we had yes. Canada soccer on last night. So but if that is the case, then you're in trouble for these next few weeks because there's a lot of that happening over these next few weeks. But it was a yeah, it was a great night of sports last night. And the whole week. Yeah, yeah. you and I were uh, chatting a little bit about the football game um and the soccer match. Yeah. was awesome with uh, the Canadian men in Azteca Stadium where they rarely ever win, and they came away with a draw. I, you know, I haven't scored there in 
28 years, apparently. So that's how they scored a goal there, which when I heard that stat, I thought, well, how come that's not more known? That's a, that, that's quite a streak for those Mexican folks, Mexican team. Eh? Uh, but no, big up to Canada's because they, yeah, they, uh, they played really well. This is a, I mean, this is important. This is world cup qualifying. Um, so in their division, they have obviously the U S and they have Mexico and they have these, some central American teams who are, this is all they do is they live, eat, sleep and breathe, uh, you know, uh, breathe soccer, but Canada's in third place right now, I believe with, I think it's six points, three draws. Um, I was lucky enough to go watch the Canada Honduras game actually at BMO field, uh, a few weeks, uh, about a month ago now. And what an amazing atmosphere that was. It's, uh, it's uh-huh. th- those fans are really, really passionate. I, I, I encourage you, if you can go check out, uh, uh, a World Cup qualifier, if possible. Well, it just so happens that there's a couple of games coming up in Edmonton, uh, November 12th and 15th, Costa Rica and Mexico at Commonwealth Stadium. So, I, I mean, Edmonton fans, they show up for any kind of sporting event. So I think it'll be a great atmosphere out there. So, And the cold awesome. is probably going to work. I hopefully would work a little bit in the Canadian uh, men's favor. So we'll see how those... Uh, two matches go, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> that they're in it. They're in it. Totally. So I'm thinking about the Costa Ricans coming to Edmonton in the middle of November and that, how much fun that's going to be for them. That's, uh, exactly. That definitely is a home. That's like the, the frozen tundra of Lambeau or something. That's uh, that's going to be a, a big advantage for sure. Okay. Well, you, you talked about fans real quick and I just, you know, I, we, sure. we're not political here. We don't want to talk too much about that kind of stuff, but just last night during that Canada soccer game, I don't know if you saw, but the Mexican fans were suspended for two games previously for chanting homophobic slurs like i mean it just it, I don't know, it seems like we're living decades and decades ago but anyway and last night the game had to be stopped at some point because uh, so anyway they, they were suspended two games uh, i guess fifa overturned that and made it a one game suspension instead they allowed fans in yesterday and they had to stop the game again for i think six minutes or seven minutes or whatever it was to uh, to address this again so i mean come on moment of the week is those those Mexican, that, that's just absolutely ridiculous. We don't want to talk too much about it. I don't want to talk too much about it. I don't know if you do any comments, but uh, let's focus on the game and the fact that Canada, you know, kicked ass, yes, kicked butt yesterday. Sorry. It's appalling. It's ridiculous to see. I think, I mean, FIFA, like you said, they, they um, banned them for two games. Then they changed it to one. And at this point, you have to really come down on them. Otherwise, it means nothing. Like that little break yesterday, like what was that? It just gives them time to regroup or get more beer totally. or like what is the point of that that doesn't do anything I, you have to either keep banning them or make it hurt for mexico right like i don't 100%. know if you can actually hand them losses but you need to come down way harder otherwise it's just a joke like yeah. i mean it's the job of a governing body to try and ensure kind of integrity of a league right i mean you saw it in the nba when they Owners were acting incorrectly, and they got owners out of there. And you've seen it in baseball, right? With the with one shot. Day. So anyway, there's there's a precedent here for sure. And I think it's it's kind of the job of the league, isn't it, to to really kind of police and regulate, and most importantly, to your point, is enforce these things. And so we'll see what happens. Hopefully, they're. I mean, hopefully they come out of you know being six decades, seven decades ago. And I, I mean, regardless, it's never been it's never been acceptable. But just the fact that it's still happening in 2021, right? It's just it. I don't know. It blows my mind a little bit. I don't get it. I can't wrap my head around it. So yeah, make Mexico play in an empty stadium and uh, maybe that'll teach them. Maybe or down a player or something or right. Yeah. I don't know. I I don't know. Problems that are too big for you and I to solve. Um, But that that soccer, uh, soccer game yesterday, of course, the Thursday nighter, which was an awesome game. Love when the Thursday nighter is actually a good game because so often they're just total duds, right? They are, yeah. (laughs) 
You're absolutely but, right. Uh, it, it, it was fun to see a good one last night, and you say awesome game, and I agree it was an awesome game, but it's not awesome if you have Matthew Stafford as your starting fantasy quarterback, as I did yesterday. And I think we were texting at one point in the end of the second quarter, and they had run the ball eight times in a row or something. And I'm thinking, right. what's happening here? This is a, a run-and-gun offense with these great receivers and stuff, and, and they'll just turn around and hand the ball off. And So anyway, it was frustrating, but it was a great game. Um, that, that NFC West division, any game within that division, I will happily watch because that has become like the division in uh, in football, right? You tell me any team's finishing first, I would say possible. Any team's finishing fourth, I would say, yeah, possible, right? Because they're just so, they're so close right now. It's really, really, really fun division to watch. Except let me ask you this. At this point, Seattle is two and three. Do you think Seattle could actually come back and finish first? Because I... They're done, in my opinion, aren't you they? You think so? You, you, are you writing them off right now? Are you saying that's it? I, I, you know what? I'm putting I, I it out think, there. Other than Arizona, stop. right? Nobody's really taken us. I mean, they seem to be the seem to be the best of the bunch so far. Arizona does, but well, I mean, we'll see. Again, the NFL, you're one injury away from you know from from Kyler Murray, who's playing an MVP right now, <laughs> uh, who's a little guy running around. I'm a little guy, obviously bigger than <laughs> bigger than me, but a little guy relatively. Um, one injury away from things changing. So I don't think I'm ready to, to, to write the Seahawks off yet. We've seen Russ, let Russ cook, right? We've seen him get really yeah. hot for a long time. I think their defense is the issue and kind of, they did shore that up a little bit last night. It looked like, right? They only gave up. I mean, after, you know, after the injury to Russell, they, it got right. a little bit, a little bit messier, but they were playing really, really, really stout defense. I think for the first three quarters anyway. Um, so yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm intrigued by that division this week. There's also some really fun, divisional matchups i think uh there's another division matchup there i think arizona's taking on san fran this weekend so once again anytime the nfc west plays uh plays each other i will uh, i will tune in that'll be a fun game i don't know if one game of good defense is enough to prove to me that the seahawks defense is better coming into this one they had allowed more yards than any other team so you're right they were better but are they that much i'm not sure and obviously russell wilson uh, I don't know how you feel about dislocated fingers, but fingers were a big issue Gross. <laughs> yesterday. I just love the camera work, how they can just get in there so close and zoom in on that little finger hanging off there. And, oh, you think you just pop it back in, no big deal, keep going. But yeah. I don't think so. I think there's ligaments and things that- involved there. <laughs> play again right so what's the status on that like that's Absolutely. a huge blow to seattle if he ends up missing a few games i don't know yeah for, okay first of all that was gross right i mean the seeing the finger turn that way and maybe it's 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 my old age and and but i watch a lot of ufc as well right? i like watching the ufc on saturday night okay there's a lot more of that kind of stuff happening right where limbs and bones are breaking and things are uh, happening especially i don't know maybe it's just me in the ufc but Every couple of months, it seems like there's someone like Conor McGregor's last fight where he steps backward and and there's that that image of his ankle just doing what it you know what yeah. it shouldn't be doing and, uh, and it just seems to be more, more frequent. So I yeah, it, it was kind of gross to see and and you're absolutely right. He couldn't come back in. It was fun to see uh, Gino come back in. Right, I haven't seen that right. in a long time. I, I yeah. man, I, I didn't know who their backup quarterback was, was, and it looked like looked like uh, the ghost of Christmas past coming out of the tunnel there, which was good. He played really well. Um, again, as somebody with uh, uh, a subpar better like myself who had an overbet in last night's game thinking, hey, you know, Seattle's had a great offense so far. Their defense kind of stinks. Um, it was fun to see him come in and actually light up the uh, light up the offensive side of the ball for a little bit. And then he threw that pick towards the end of the game. But no, it was uh, it was it was a fun game to watch. And uh, and uh, did you have a, a pick going in? Did you think that Seattle was going to hold at home or did you think that the Rams were going to come in and, uh, and win? Well, 
as I've told you before, I like to bet with my heart and not with my head. And I mean, the Rams, I owe you pumpkin spice latte because they lost. I mean, it was a short week for them, right? Like we're talking like that game against the cards didn't even exist because they because the Rams played against again already. But I owe you a pumpkin spice latte because they lost to the cards. And then just last night I did. Um, I would have put money on the Rams again to beat Seattle. So. Oh, well, 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 first of all, I'm glad you referenced pumpkin spice latte because I wasn't going to. But uh, uh, you, in fact, do owe me a pumpkin spice latte, and uh, yes. I, I can't wait to enjoy it. So, yeah, that was on the uh, the Cowboys game, right? The Cowboys-Panthers game we bet on that last week, didn't we? That's right. Yeah, I'm mixing up my games. I thought it was the Rams that, that no, we bet it was, the, it was parts, but it was the Panthers and Cowboys that the latte Yeah, and the, awesome. that's right, because yeah. we were rooting hard. We were both rooting hard for our boy Chuba Hubbard. Exactly. Uh, who played pretty well, right? I mean, yeah. he did, he did yeah. all right. Yeah, he did pretty well. That yeah. was uh, that was good. Uh, any games this weekend that you're ex- especially interested in? There's one that I really got on my uh, on my radar. Well, it's got to be the Bills and Chiefs, isn't it? Got to be the mind? Bills. No, it's got to be the Bills okay. and Chiefs. That's <laughs> that's such a yeah. No, well, I mean, there is a couple other nice games, but there, but that is the one that uh, right. That that's going to be a real uh, a real barn burner, I think. And I think I still think people are overvaluing the chiefs and potentially undervaluing the, uh, the bills. I think right now it started earlier in the week with the chiefs at three and a half, four point favorites. I saw it down to three earlier today and I just checked and it's now two and a half. So there is some of that money coming in on the, on the Buffalo side, which, which I think is the right side. What are you, where are you leaning? What are your thoughts on on the chiefs offense and bills offense? I'm surprised the Chiefs are the favorites, to be honest. I would have put my money on the Bills just with the way... I mean, obviously, they suffered that loss in the first week, but since then, they have been rolling. I, I mean, they crushed um, Houston, and they just seem right. like they're like, focused and moving in the right direction. And I, you just wonder that loss last year in the AFC Championship. Um, obviously, that hurt. Are they still? Is that the motivation they use heading into this game, or do, do you try to just put that aside and just like think about it? You can't. You have to be thinking about that. Don't it has you? to be there, right? I mean, that must have been. I mean, that was such a huge loss. That, you know, I, I think it has to be kind of in the back of their uh, in the back of their mind somewhere. But look, to your point, I think the Chiefs. You know, I, I'm being at home is a is a big thing. I think in the NFL, typically. True kind of on the betting side, it accounts for four to four and a half points of value. Um, so being under four points, theoretically, I mean, that's, that's kind of a benchmark. It, it varies per stadium and there's a lot of other I, variables that go into that, but uh, that is kind of a, 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 a loose, a loose benchmark for, for NFL games. Um, and the chiefs have added another weapon, right? On offense, Josh Gordon is suiting up this week, apparently coming off, uh, you know, some, some, uh, a few suspensions in the plural over the last, uh, over the last few months, over the last few years, but, but, I don't know. To me, the adding Josh Gordon seems like like the right answer to the wrong question, right? I mean, the problem isn't their offense, right? The problem isn't the right. fact that I mean, Mahomes is what leading the league with fourteen touchdowns right now. I think they have Kelsey and they have Hill, and I mean, the problem is that they're they're averaging what thirty three point five points a game, but they're giving up thirty one point three points a game, right? That's the like, the defense up on the ball seems to be the problem, but ah, we'll see. It, it, it make for exciting TV though. Yeah, I was just, I have that stat written down here too, how they're giving up 31 points per game. And if, I mean, if you want to go by stats, the Bills are second in scoring points and first um, in defense too, allowing just 11. So if you go purely by stats, yeah, because, well, I mean, they shut out the Texans 40 nothing, and I forget who they shut out two weeks ago as well, but two shutouts in two of the last three games. So, but I don't know, how closely do you look at stats in these situations, right? When you're well, betting, yeah. 
Well, especially when you consider the competition, right? I mean, that, and that's the big right. thing we have to consider because they played Houston with – it could have been you playing quarterback for all I know, to be <laughs> honest with you. I don't remember the guy's name. It, it could have been Natasha, you know, yes. on the field. I have no idea. But the guy at one point was one of three for three yards. I remember seeing the stat on the bottom of the uh, yes. on the bottom of the ticker. And I think they were also in the game uh, where they knocked out Tua against Miami. So now they're playing against another back quarterback, Jacoby Brissett, who hasn't played. You know, I mean – so there is some consideration to who you played against. So I think, I mean, you, I think there, there is the possibility to overread into stats. Um, sure. But, you know, I, we'll see because Kansas City has played Cleveland, who is, you know, a pretty high powered offense. And they've had, uh, they've had to play, they've had to play some, so, you know, some, some tougher offenses for sure. Kansas City had. So I think the stats are, can be a little bit misleading, but you know, what's not misleading is the fact that the chiefs have given the way, given the ball away seven times already. Right. Yeah. Seven turnovers. Four interceptions by Mahomes already, which you know I don't think he had an interception in September in his in his career coming up at, uh, up until this year. I think it was you know something like that. So uh, we'll see if they can take care of the ball. I think they're running back uh, Edwards Alaire has, has dropped the ball a couple of times. Um, yeah, so we'll see. I'm going to be watching that game. I am putting my money not only on the points. I am taking the Bills on the money line. So the Bills outright to go into Kansas City. And, uh, and, and to be honest, I think it's going to be, I don't think it's going to be a beatdown because I think, you know, Kansas City can score with anybody and their offense last week against, I don't know if you saw against the Eagles, but man, towards the third or fourth quarter, you started to see what that machine can look like when they start right. run, 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 and then go over the top with, with, you know, one, one of the, one of the, one, one of the receivers. But, um, I think it'll be a, a, it'll be a sound convincing win for Buffalo in my opinion. Okay, I'm going against you. Let's put another last nice. on the line. Yeah, I think I'm going. This will be our game of the week here. I think I'm going with the Chiefs. Okay. I think they're going to surprise the Bills. I don't know. The Bills, obviously, the Texans are not the Chiefs. So maybe coming off the Texans, they're going to They actually have to face a good team now. So yep. I don't know. True maybe they're not quite ready for the Chiefs. We'll see. So I'm going with Casey. Put it down. <laughs> It's amazing to think that, you know, I think of where Casey was last year, you know, the thoughts of this offense, this team last year. Now, I think they're last in their division, right? The Chargers look like the the, the cream of that division and the Raiders are looking good. And, you know, the Broncos don't look horrible. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's amazing how things can change, uh, you know, can change over one year. So that'll be that will be our game of the week. And I am looking forward to a winter full of. Um, lattes uh, as, as a result of our, our okay. weekly betting engagement. So I, I don't mean to talk trash or anything, but I am looking forward no. to you um, with the pumpkin spice lattes and then the candy cane lattes as we get towards Christmas and then whatever chocolate lattes are around in Valentine. You know what I mean? So we have we have we themed lattes for the course of the course of the winter. I'm excited. I was going to say, we can change up the stakes if we want as we go along. We do not have to keep going with pumpkin spice lattes. Oh. We might get a little old, so... <laughs> um, should we mention our guest? Did we mention our I guest? I was just going to say, here she is, inducted into Canada Sports Hall of Fame. Uh, she received the Order of Sport last weekend, fresh off these accolades. Lori, welcome to the podcast. Uh, you've had a few days to reflect. Uh, how can you describe what the honor means to you? How the last weekend went for you? Um, it's been well. First of all, Natasha, now thanks for having me um, on and. Um, it's very humbling. Um, I, you know, because we went virtual, uh, my speech was too, had to be under two minutes to fit into the, <laughs> to, the to the virtual thing. So I, wow. I, I was ang super anxious because I couldn't thank all the people I wanted to thank. Um, but I think it went over very well. I was excited for the hall that they got it all together. Um, the team, um, it was great. And, 
um, yeah, I'm pretty humbled. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm still trying to figure out, uh, how I've gotten to where I've gotten to. <laughs> right. Two minutes is very short, Lori. That is not fair to you guys. I think. I was yeah, going to say um, the same thing. That's horrible. Yeah. Not, not the easiest. And, um, you know, it was really quite funny because I'm watching the virtual thing and I'm like thinking, okay, Sheldon is going to speak for more than two minutes because Sheldon has important things to say. <laughs> and, um, but it went really well. I just, I just, uh, yeah, two minutes wasn't easy. So I got to thank my family and, um, and I gave a virtual hug to everybody else who I hope knows who they are. <laughs> There you go. I'm sure they do. Um, you said yourself, you're not really sure how you, how you ended up here. Can you maybe explain how a, a young girl from PEI takes up golf and turns into one of the most famous Canadian golfers in history? How did, how did that happen? <laughs> well, um, I'm an athlete, um, multi-sport athlete. Um, my dad, uh, was a hockey coach at the university of Prince Edward Island picked up the game of golf late himself. And he was the first professional um, at Brudenell, which is uh, the PJ of Canada just played a men's event there um, around Labor Day weekend. Um, so uh, Natasha, I, I, I played every sport and it was a seasonal thing as Canadians, you know, we, we do what we do. And, but golf was always there. And um, 1988 was probably the turning point for me. I played in a Canadian amateur at Shaughnessy. I met a gentleman by the name of Jack McLaughlin. Uh, the women were getting, uh, the amateur women Canadian, we were then called the CLGA. So the Canadian ladies golf association, we're getting together a national team. And I was going to Acadia with the intention of playing basketball. Um, I went to Acadia, but I ended up not playing ball and got named to the national team just after the Canadian am in 88. And, um, I'd say the rest is history. Unfortunately, Jack died in 91. Um, so I was a little bit in limbo and then, you know, it goes without 10. And I was kind of surprised on the virtual, um, induction that they mentioned the lawsuit that I had against the amateur association. <laughs> Jeez. But you know, <laughs> that could have been opening up a whole can of worms, right? Jeez. <laughs> oh, well, you know what? Part of me was happy that it was said because there were some people I know watching that need to kind of remember, but um yeah. Uh <laughs> okay. So, anyways, that's just how it's kind of happened. I, you know, mm -hmm. I um I did everything like my mom would tell you. I, I was of her four daughters. I'm the second oldest, but kind of, you know, transitioned into things later. And um, to think that I didn't turn pro or get on tour until I was almost 30, uh, you know, is, is pretty unique. Um, the only other woman I know to do it was Joanne Carner. And now if you're not getting on tour when you're 15, you're over the hill. So, <laughs> it's, right. uh, yeah, there's that. I wouldn't change it. I'd like... Um, you know, I think the fact that we were brought up in a house of women that, um, nothing was out of reach, um, that if you started something, you finished it. And you, uh, my parents told me to leave it better than I found it. Um, I had a lot of help along the way and I played my core group of friends right now are guys because that's who I played with and they pushed me. And, um, you know, I have to give 
I, I like my female golf friends that I've met through the tour and the hall of famers that I've become great friends with and what the tour stands for now. I'm so excited for them because our product is probably the best it's ever been. I think it's a really unique part of your story that you didn't start playing full-time on tour until your 30, 30 early thirties. Like you said, yeah. do you think that, um, that, when I look at my career too, my broadcasting career, I didn't get it into it until I was in my early thirties too. And I think that helps me just being a little bit older, having a little bit more experience do you yeah. think as well. I would, I would agree a hundred percent. I'm pretty sure, you know, I remember being asked what I thought of Michelle Wee turning pro at like 16 or whatever, how old she was. And, and I had to, you know, I was shaking my head saying you're the, asking the wrong person because what I did from 16 to where I am now, I needed that growth time. I needed to go to Acadia. I needed to be four hours from home rather than traveling the world with my parents because my parents would never have been able to come. And one, I wouldn't have been able to afford to do that. And um, so, yeah, I agree with you hundred percent. I think, I think the maturity that we have as we get on in our years um, can help us even, um, you know, today I'm still asking myself, you know, what's next? And am I ever going to hang them up? I don't think I will, Um, but there will be change. I love it. I love the attitude. Um, So you have four career LPGA victories, 99 top 10 finishes. And I didn't know this about you. Um, There's a bit of a backstory on Mark Messier when I was doing my research yesterday. I hadn't heard this because your first tour win came in 2000. Mark Messier is actually my favorite hockey player. So as soon as I saw that, I was like, what's up with this? So can you tell us the story about Mark Messier and your first tour win? Sure. So um, I was playing along and and being, you know, had some good finishes. Um, I found myself at home the week mess was traded back from Vancouver to the Rangers. And I was, I will really be honest with you. I was at a time where I was thinking, you know, I'm not good enough to win. I've been told I'm too nice to win. I can't like get it finished. Um, I've lost in some playoffs (laughs) and uh, Danny Sharp, who was my caddy and, and best friend, he called and said, you need to watch. Are you watching? Mess has been traded back to, to the Rangers. And I'm like, no, I'm on the golf course watching um, here on PEI, watching the Des Moines series girls that were playing. Like, I, that's where I grew up playing. Like, you know, that was what my face. So I got back home. I watched the TSN broadcast and I heard him talk about winning being an attitude. And that winning was something he was going to bring back to the room in New York. And I then had to pack my bags and head to St. Louis. And my mantra for the whole week was winning is an attitude. And I envisioned me being Mark, I think, skating down because <laughs> he is my favorite player. And awesome. we ended up winning in St. Louis and then went on to Montreal or went on to um, Ottawa actually to play the um the last Demoria classic. And if there's an is if there's a tournament that I I um would like to have another round 18 holes Sunday, it's that tournament. I ran out of gas on 14 um on Sunday leading um the event. Um but they chairman Don Brown from Demoria wanted to call mess and get him to come to the event. And I'm like, please don't do that. Oh my god. I couldn't like I couldn't I was afraid that if I ever met him, that he wouldn't live up to my expectations. And then of all places to meet him was in PEI 
at the Old Dublin Pub. He brought, with Frito-Lays, he brought the Stanley Cup, one of the um, contests they had. A young kid in Summerside won the day with the cup and Mark. And my friends who own the restaurant said, you need to come, Messier's here. And I said, no way. <laughs> wow. So I went and introduced myself. But that's the story. I, 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 I truly believe in um, what he says. I can't wait for his book to come out because um, I'll be first in line to get it. That's, that's so cool. funny. That Growing up in Edmonton, I'm an Oiler fan still, and I've met a lot of the alumni, but he keeps a pretty low profile, and I have yet to meet him, and I'm a little bit nervous like you, and I'm like, I don't know what he's going to be like if I ever get a chance to meet him in person, but I have a feeling he's probably pretty cool, I hope. So he surpassed my expectations. Okay, awesome. we, we, they were having dinner downstairs at the Colada house. It's called and the pub is upstairs. So he said, come and join us for a beer. We're going upstairs. We're told it's a great place to be. I went up and I, you know, he, we talked hockey, we talked life. We talked, people came around. He took the time to sign autographs and, and probably the best advice he gave me was, he said, if I'm not in the mood to do this, then I shouldn't be here. He said, it's one of the things I learned from, the other hall of famers and the veteran hockey players that have, you know, kind of helped raise him. So, um, yeah, no, all cool. He's he, yeah. (laughs) We're going to have to try and get him on the show Al, with his new book coming out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Lori, one quick question I have, and this is, we've had, you know, Luke Wilson from the NFL on previously and other professional athletes. And one thing that amazes me is how specifically they remember certain events that you know that happened during their you know during their their, their career so mm-hmm. i just did a little research and and do you find the same do you you alluded to it earlier when you said you ran out of gas on the 14th do you remember specific shots from specific tournaments that could have happened i'm looking right now and uh when you won the mizuno classic uh you shot a final round 66 do you remember yeah. anything about that like about the specific shots and you know what shot you hit to, on 18 by any chance yeah. Um, yeah. I will tell you that I'll go back as far as, so I win in 2000, but, um, 1988, uh, or 1998, excuse me, not 88, 98. Um, I'm playing tour championship in Vegas and it could have been 99 too. And, um, I'm in the final group on Sunday with Sari Pat and I hit an eight iron on the first hole that if I need to have good rhythm and tempo, I, I have that eight iron entrenched in my brain. Um, Amazing. I know what I, I know that in at Mizuno, um, I wasn't leading. I think so. Sophie Gustafson was, um, 16 was a par three, a long par three. I hit seven wood into about maybe six feet. It's amazing. And I made a, a great, um, birdie on 17, which was a par five. Uh, and then 18, we ended up, I won that tournament in a playoff and Sophie's probably was probably one of the longest hitters of the time. And, um, you know, I beat her with a wedge Very cool. because she couldn't, uh, she, I knew she was going to go for the green and two. And, and I figured I needed to stuff a wedge to make it uncomfortable for her. Cause she was going to be in the bunker if, and that's exactly where she hit it. And then, uh, you know, I get. I made the putt and she didn't. <laughs> Amazing. Hey, Lori, this is, I think when I'm listening to you talk, whenever I golf, I, I, 
time. I get tired. I forget what I'm doing. And the fact that you can remember each and every specific shot like that, I feel like the focus for golfers is just so your mental game has to be so strong. How did you develop that? Or did you always have that? Um, you know, I don't, I think I'm, I think I've had it. I don't think I've given myself a lot of credit that I've had it. Um, but the interesting thing is I work with my high school basketball coach, Dave McNeil is his name. And I've been to Dr. Bob Rotella. I've talked golf. Um, but, um, Dave, um, or his nickname is Hermie. Um, people often ask me even today, like, what does he do for you? And I said, well, he can motivate me to jump off the bridge and survive the fall. And so it's, it's being super present. It's being, um, you know, you can't, you got to just keep moving forward. The thing about the game of golf is the ball's not moving and it's a long ass day. (laughs) Yes. And so you have to really, um, so if I can take you to St. Louis Sunday, Sunday's round were delayed two and a half hours to get out on the course. Um, Danny said to me, uh, you need to go over there. I was playing the last group with Rosie Jones and she said, you need to go over there and start talking to Rosie, ask her what she had for dinner. And I said, what do you mean? And, and I'm basically chasing Rosie around the punting green, talking to her and she's not wanting to talk to me because she was full of gamesmanship. And I don't know that I realized that, you know, what I was doing until I did it. And, and I thought, all right, she's not wanting to, she was, wants no part of me today. She wants to try to intimidate me. And I said, I'm not letting that happen. And so I just kept talking. <laughs> like, I think I would equate it maybe to, you know, we don't cross the center line. We know we don't cross the center line in the warm up of a hockey game. But we might yeah. just kind of come across just to see if you're a, if what's happening over there. <laughs> it's good to push the envelope a little bit. I, I yeah, like it. I, I'm going to get my niece with... to do that when they play your Oilers. <laughs> there you go. I was going to ask you. I don't even good know job, Lori. Is, but there you go. It's the least. Okay. So in fairness, we both have crappy hockey teams or <laughs> hockey teams that are not performing as they should be. Let's put it that yeah, way. Yeah. Yeah. Hockey teams that still need to sit down and ask exactly who they are. Cause I'm not sure they know who they are. Oh, see, there um, you go. You could go yeah. in there and be the mental coach. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. <laughs> like does Connor McDavid really know he's Connor McDavid? I know the support team around him knows that he's Connor McDavid, but it's like, okay, like let's, let's be all rowing in the same direction. Right. We're not. So during the playoffs, as crazy as they were, I woke up one morning after the Leafs lose that first round. And I said, okay, there's two things I hate about sport right now. The Greens book, which the PGA Tour and the LPGA Tour have for reading Greens and analytics. I said, you know, I know there's a place for it, but like, um, just shoot the damn puck. (laughs) (laughs) I love this. This is good. I think you're right. So how do you, what do you think about your leaf this year? Like, what do they need to well, do to uh, make the playoffs for the first time in forever or win a playoff <laughs> series? Excuse me. Well, yeah. well what, is, what is the slogan we're going with? All or nothing? Like, come on. Really? Like, uh, <laughs> like whatever we have to buy into, we have to buy into. And, yeah. and that's the thing. I, I think that they, um, you know, it's funny. I, I really believe that the team starts from the goal out 
And this is where analytics frustrates me because the game does go forward and the game does come back. So if we don't have anybody that can skate backwards, um, that can defend, help the goalie, then we're in trouble. Um, you know, so I'm hoping good things <laughs> as I do every year. Yes. As we all do. I think we should have you on in five months to have some more hockey talk. We can see where our teams are. Hopefully they're both. I would love to. I would okay. Love we'll to. have to try that before I, we need to ask you a couple more golf questions okay. though. Um, I'm just curious what you think, um, about the women's game and the women's tour and, and do they get enough exposure? Do they get the exposure they deserve? And if not, how, how do we change that? Um, I think that's a broad question because um, I was out doing my morning walk today, knowing you and I were going to chat. And I said, um, it, that's an issue for women's sport. And I think we just need to keep pushing the envelope here. Um, you know, I, I don't, I'm tired of there being the first for this. Like last weekend in Atlantic city was the first all women's broadcast from the golf channel. Um, I'm thinking, great. Well, that all women's group could, could really do a PGA event. When that happens, then we won't have the first of anything. Um, yeah. I think the tour as a whole is stronger today than it's ever been. Um, we've got great at like, you know, Brooke Henderson and what she's doing and how she's playing and what she's won is fantastic. Um, and she just keeps pushing the envelope. There's something happening and I can't quite get my hand on why the other group of young Canadians aren't crossing the threshold and finding their way. Like we had a period where Mike was doing everything on the PJ tour and there was nobody really coming behind him. Now we've got a whole influx of guys that are doing great things each week. Um, yeah. And the same's not happening on the women's side. So I'm trying to help out and find a way to, you know, to, to lend the support where the support needs to go. Um, as far as the tour is concerned, um, you know, Molly, our new commissioner, and I forgive me because I can't say her two last names. Um, so she'll just be commissioner Molly, I think is going to bring a whole, new um you know keep us moving mike Wan put us in has put us in a great place and the team at the headquarters in daytona beach is doing a great job um this past week we named you know we the big news was our major championship which was when i was playing was known as the dinosaur is going to be leaving palm springs and heading to where i don't know but chevron has jumped up with a major amount of money and an impact and I think if you might've asked me what I thought a few years ago, I would say, well, here we go changing tradition. But I think what I've learned over this two years of this pandemic is that we need to be able to change. The history doesn't change. You can bring your history with you, but we need support. And we, we, um, I think we've got to be thankful that a company like Chevron is looking at women's sport and saying it matters. And um, so I think, women's basketball, women's hockey, women's golf. Um, I think if we came all together and started speaking from the same um, e-tennis, you know, we, we would do better. Um, yeah. I mean, it's not, we shouldn't be afraid to ask for more. When it comes to women golfers in Canada, young women, um, are the numbers there are enough playing? They're just not qualifying? Is that? Yes, I think. Okay. So I think what's happening is, you know, I think we have good, good junior programs. I'm watching, I know for this, you know, I come from the smallest province. Um, I was at a, an intermediate school. So junior high, as I would know it, 
Um, there were only maybe 10 girls, but there was 40 boys. Um, I come from a family of all girls. Uh, there's only two of us that play golf. Um, so that it's, it's kind of figuring out a way to get, I said, just get the hockey girls, hockey teams to come and play golf. And then they will take over playing golf. Some will stay on and, you know, because it's a team, you can play it as a team thing. Um, on the professional side, we've got really good amateurs going to college. And then I think once they get in college and they're figuring out what they want to do with their life, um, it's, it's hard. If I want to be a female that has a family and, and all of that kind of thing, and I'm struggling, well, I'm, it's easier for me to step away than it is for me to, to get into the grind. So I, that's why I was saying about support. We really need to, you know, behind every good man, there's a great woman, our partner who is helping. If I'm out on the PGA tour, the wives are following around. We don't see that a whole lot on the women's side. And so I think the support team and, and what we can do here in the country with golf Canada and um, the PGA of Canada to, you know, to say, yep, you can do this ladies. And we're going, we're here to help you do it. Um, I get more advice. I get asked advice from the guys more so than I do the girls. Interesting. Yeah. So it seems that they still don't think they can actually do it or achieve it. Like I look at the seat you're sitting in and I think, wow, it must've been a challenge to figure out a way. How, how do you break those barriers down to get in um, you know, to, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm trying still to figure out how, how you, how we make it better. I, I don't think we go out on our own because I'm, I'm a proponent. I can't figure out why there's not a mixed team event in golf right now. Um, either on the senior level, on the, the PGA senior to LPJ senior to just the regular tours, because I, Mike and I played in the JC Penny and that was so much fun. Um, and I think it would be great. Like we're getting support from the guys, those hoodies that Michelle, we, um, the LPJ hoodie, I'm going to have to get you one. Um, like the NBA is wearing them because of course, Michelle is married to, to Johnny West and, you know, everybody's wearing them. I said, well, the basketball players are wearing them. They all, the hockey players need to wear them and both men and women. Because again, we're supporting each other. Um, yeah, I don't have the answer, but I know we have some real talented young ladies, Natasha, that need to um, need to be given some help. Well, I feel like if anyone's going to figure out, probably going to be you, Lori. <laughs> so I'm excited <laughs> to see uh, what happens. We'll get you out on this, this last question here. I'm just curious um, what your proudest moment is. I know you're still playing, but what's your proudest moment to date? Um. Wow. Uh, well, I, if I can answer it in two parts, one, um, would be my first win to, to have finally, you know, to get that first win. And, um, my second is what I'm able to do with CP and the CP has heart program through the CP match for the kids, um, with all the funding that goes to pediatric heart health care each, each year with the event. And the ambassadors that I get to meet, um, those kids have left major impressions in my own heart. And um, yeah, we're, we're lucky, uh, or I'm lucky that I can uh, help build that relationship through CP. Right. Okay, one more question. Really I, just cool. thought of, I, need, I need to ask this. What is your 
uh, favorite golf course in Canada and a hidden gem in Canada that we should know about? Okay, that's not fair. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. You have some beautiful courses in PEI, though. One of the very first golf trips I ever went on. Actually, my first girls' golf trip, we went to PEI. We played Crowbush and Dunderave. Right. And it was beautiful out there. We had the best time Good. ever. Yeah. Well, you, you're you one step ahead of me because you've been ca- to Cabot Links. I've not been to Cabot. Oh, no. You haven't? No. We, we could do a girls' trip. Well, actually, I'd do a mixed trip. I'd, like... <laughs> Come to Al. We'll find another guy. Yeah. Yeah. We get our big group of girls, girls and guys. Anyways, um, there you go. Favorite. Okay, I'm going to answer this from a tour side. Favorite tournament golf course that I've ever played. Um, I'm a very traditionalist, so we used to play the Jalbigapa Classic at uh, Waikigale in in New York City. Um, just White Plains, so just outside the city. Um. I will tell you that uh, Prince Edward Island probably has the most affordable golf in the world and very quality golf courses. And there's about 28 of them. So um, for lack of, you know, Crowbush is our signature course. I'm doing some work with um, Mill River up on the west end of the island. Um, Don McDougall, who brought the Blue Jays to um, Toronto. Uh, at the time was president of Labatt's. He's an Islander and, and he is now owner of that resort and has put a lot of interest in it. And it's a fun course to play. Um, but you, you know, to play Brudenell and Dunderave, uh, I grew up at, I, or you played Dunderave and Crowbush. I grew up at Brudenell, which is the sister, the sister property to Dunderave. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. You can't go wrong. There's yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I agree. You can't go wrong. Well, Laurie, thank you so much um, for your time. We really appreciate Congratulations again on the order of sports. Um, I hope your shoulder feels better and um, happy golfing. We'll be watching you. Thank you. Well, See you, um, I'll be watching you guys too. And thanks very much. We'll do this again. I hope. Sounds good. Go Oilers. Absolutely. And I guess go Leafs. Nice, Lori. You got Natasha to say it. Well done. Well done, Lori. All right. There she goes, Lori Kane. She comes across as a real sports fan. I feel like we could have sat with her and talked to her about a lot of different things going on right now. She's great. Yeah, she was amazing. And the, the, you know, the quote, the coach who could motivate me to jump off a bridge and survive a fall is pretty cool, right? I mean, that's uh, yes. that kind of speaks to the, the, the mental state and the state of mind. So that's that. I thought that was really uh, kind of really, really, uh, really cool to hear. 31 years of age was when she hit the tour uh, full time. I'm just looking at my notes here. That is uh, that is way too old for a lot of athletes at that point. So that's pretty cool. That, that is crazy, isn't it? Yeah. And then to be so successful, as successful as she was. And as I looked, you know, year 2000 was really, she wasn't playing three tournaments that year. She was, uh, she was, uh, and I remember, you know, growing up, I remember even though women's golf wasn't the most popular sport, right? Even in when I was kind of that, you know, in, in the year 2000s, but I remember the name Maury Kane for sure. So oh, yeah. was, she had, she had transcended that, you know, if there was a gender barrier back then, she had kind of transcended that, right? So it was uh, really cool to talk to her in person. For sure. Okay, Al, I think that does it for us. Um, so we got we got a bet here going. I'm going with the Chiefs. Yes. You're going with the Bills. Yes. And yes. Uh, hockey is not that far off. Talking hockey with Lori got me pumped for that a little bit. So we can talk some more Oilers and Leafs next week. 
If you Let's want, do it. that's going to feel. Pretty I can't good. believe. Listen, I, I can't believe you said go Leafs. That's I'm that that's on that's recorded now. That is never going to be. I did try to qualify it there. I said let go Canadian teams because I just wanted the Canadians to do well. But you're right. I can't believe I said that. But that's the effect Lori has on me. I just think she's so cool, and she's right. The Le- I mean, the Leafs they need to they need to win the Oilers. They all need to win. Okay, we'll talk about that next week. All right. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to you. Have a great weekend. <laughs> Um, you as well. Happy Thanksgiving. Go Chiefs. Okay, have a good one. Go Bills. See ya. You're listening to the Oh Come On Sports Podcast with me, Natasha Sanishevsky. Come on!